Chicago is more than great food, iconic sports, legendary music, and crooked politicians. It's a community of people who, at their core, care about one another and their city. We're chatting with new and native Chicagoans about all things local on The Chicagoan Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Chicagoan Podcast. Today I'm joined by Bob Coyne, account executive at WGN Radio. Bob, I'm very, very grateful for you being here, sir. Tony, it's an honor. Thank you very much for inviting me. No, absolutely. And just, um, you know, getting to know you, just someone that, that strikes me as, as loves to, to, to help others and, and, you know, even just offering the advice that you gave is, uh, is very inspiring. So I appreciate you, you know, so much already. <laughs> the media world is uh, uh, an interesting place right now, and it's competitive. And to uh, make it in this industry is uh, evolving hourly. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is something you've been doing for quite some time at WGN, uh, over two decades. You've been there for 24 years, right? Right. When I started at WGN in 1999, October, uh, it was in the Tribune Tower. I did not have a computer on my desk. There was an ashtray. Wow. Now, they didn't allow smoking in the office at that time. They but, didn't? Uh, no, they okay. didn't. So it was, uh, it was just a leftover <laughs> remnant of the 70s and 80s uh, in the Tribune Tower. You know, you mm. can envision smoky newsrooms and things. But yeah. uh, we had a computer room. We had to kind of share, uh, go in there and work on our proposals and stuff. So things have changed since then. And, you know, you kind of took, uh, I don't want to say, uh, to me, it's not a backward approach, right? But you, you had uh, uh, fame in front of the camera very early on in life, right? Before you got into being an account executive, which is exactly where you wanted to be, right? This is the, this is the path you actually chose and you wanted it. And this is, I feel like you're living out your dream through this. But um, take me back to when you were in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we talked about that. So yeah. I, I literally started in diaper commercials on television. So Crazy. My mother was a, a baton twirling teacher. Uh, my father would not let me twirl the baton, but he would let me uh, and my sister get involved in modeling. And we did quite a bit of television, photo work, radio, audio work, uh, voiceover work uh, from a very young age. Um, we worked quite a bit. I remember leaving grammar school a lot to go and audition and then to work when you got the job at, you know, for the Sears toy box or whatever right, right. the client was of that particular month or quarter. And uh, we, we were really busy as kids. Wow. Um, and that led to much bigger things later on in life, right? Right. So I, we, we talked, uh, we were, that's we a cliffhanger. What, what are they talking about? Right, so, right. right. When I was 14, I went on an audition as we were just talking about and I walked in, I th believe it was the equitable building in, on Michigan Avenue, uh, which like 400 block. And I remember walking into the, uh, audition and the lady looked at me and she looked at a picture of the person that she was trying to find to be a younger version of, uh, and she said, you're the kid we'll call you. And I barely spoke a word. I didn't have to read any lines or anything like that. And I've read lines at auditions before, but this one was just like, I looked exactly like the guy that she needed to find someone who was 10 years younger. And the movie ended up, uh, it was Ordinary People. It ended up winning the Academy Award. And uh, I had a speaking part in that movie. It was filmed at Fort Sheridan. Um, 
Robert Redford was the director. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I played ping pong with Robert Redford that day. <laughs> my father was Donald Sutherland. My mother was Mary Tyler Moore. Wow. I was in a scene with Donald Sutherland. Uh, and it was one day of shooting, so it wasn't a, a long time on the set. Uh, and I... Um, to, it was 17 takes. Uh, they kept changing the lines a little bit. My mother and Mary Tyler Moore really hit it off. They talked for about an hour and, and a half in their in her trailer. Uh, oh, but she was just on cloud nine with that. Well, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know anything about the movie, if it was going to make it or mm. do well. And I remember going to Golf Mill on it like a Thursday night. It was like the sneak preview of Ordinary People that had been given. You know, They were already talking about nominations, and Gene Siskel was in the audience that night. And when I appeared on the screen, because my dad kept saying, you're going to be on the cutting room floor, kid. You're not even going to make the movie. Uh, and uh, when I appeared on the screen, my head, mother right? stood up and screamed in the golf mill theater. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll just finish the thought because you're probably going to ask me about the next step. I, I By default, I kind of became the most popular kid in a very large high school. Yeah, no, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just one of those things where, you know, when you're in a movie like that, people, right. you know, anything like you become famous or in the media or especially a movie or TV, you know, people really do look at you a little bit differently. Like, you know, that's what you did. And, you know, it was really one day of work. It was like six hours that, you know, right. it fame leapt on me at that moment, whether I wanted it or not, as, that's as, crazy, as some though. of these celebrities have said. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it just it took on a life of its own. And how is it that you didn't get bitten by the bug? Because it wasn't like you decided to, to, to pursue this, right? It, I did not, right? I did not <laughs> pursue the acting as, as a career. I, I had done a ton of work, probably 50 national jobs at that point. And I went to college for, you know, the wrong reasons. I was in a rock band, I had long hair, you know, when I became 17, 18. And um, uh, just went to, down to party at Southern Illinois <laughs> University and got into the radio station there and, yeah. and just pursued not the on-air part of things, which I could have, but I, I pursued the, the production and the sales side, the commercial, selling the commercials and the business side. I was thinking that's my forte because I've seen how some of these sets are run and how the producers work. And I just thought that was kind of a cooler uh, you know, avenue for me. And I, I stayed on the radio side probably because my rock band's you know, history and my background and, and not the television part of it. I actually had an opportunity to produce a TV newscast in college and, oh, and no I, I failed miserably uh, because, you know, five minutes into the into the start of the the, the hour that I was the producer, the, the teacher, the professor was like, when are you going to begin? And I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to like just take over. And I would, <laughs> you know, it was a lesson learned. Like, okay, cameras, everybody plays. But I was like five minutes late. That just wrecked the whole thing because wow. it was just, you. I wasn't organized. I didn't realize to take the bull by the horns from the, the, the second you walk in the door. And uh, I realized that, uh, you know, sales, business, I'll, I'll take my chance there. And for better or worse, that's where I am today, 24 years later. But you did produce your own commercials, though. You were doing that, right? I, I produced a ton of commercials. I was, yeah. I was a production a director in college. Uh, I would go to the bars and I would say, "Can I? here's a commercial I made for you. What do you think? They go, yeah, that's really cool. Like happy hour on Tuesdays or whatever. And they would give me like 150 bucks to run it 100 times or whatever in college. And I did quite a bit of that uh, at the, the college station, but it was a very small station. Didn't have a, a lot of listeners, but uh, it was fun to get going. And I would get some checks. I got a few checks from the, you know, the campus uh, 
treasury for thirteen dollars for for selling commercials to the local Kroger or whatever it was. You know, so it was, it was that's cool. It was a beginning. Yeah, <laughs> and, and where did that come from? That sparked. I mean, it, it's something that's rare to people. That 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 you know, first of all, everyone's afraid of rejection. You know, especially at a young age, and you go out there, right? What was it about you that? You know, was something that was in your family, was something you saw growing up. Right. Yeah. So it, it definitely, I, I'm not afraid to talk to people. I don't care if you're the CEO. I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care if you have nothing. You know, I, I really try and talk to people the same way. That's awesome. And I, I really, uh, you know, it's not a, a, a lack of respect for the integrity of the professional hierarchy, you know, but it, it, it is a, um, it doesn't matter kind of a, uh, approach that it can anybody can succeed and talk to anybody if you are respectful and uh, you know play by the rules uh, and I've just never had any kind of hesitation to talk to anybody at any point and it did, did stem from like the kitchen table because my aunt sold uh, game show prizes out of uh, California. And before that, my grandfather sold billboards here in Chicago. So mm. we've had that advertising just, you know, discussion at the kitchen table forever. Interesting. And, and you know, on that, given that, that you have almost this sense of, uh, I don't know, generational expertise, right? <laughs> what, what advice would you give to people who, who, who are in that situation where, you know, it's not, they don't have that. They, they don't have that sense of, uh, of go out there and talk to people. You know, to look, what is it about you think that from a maybe a blueprint for you that you could say, here's something you, you could do to start off, or here's maybe how you think about it that, that helps you? Right, right. Yeah. I, I look at it kind of like an Excel spreadsheet, if you will, in, in terms of persisting. Uh, we talked about this a little yeah. bit in the green room. Yeah. Uh, you really have to have a plan, you know, and once you're over, if you have energy and enthusiasm and you, you don't have fear to talk to people, then you have to kind of talk to enough people to begin to fill your funnel, you know, uh, in the advertising world. Uh, and if you take that mentality from the beginning, that foundational, I'm going to need to talk to a lot of people. I'm going to need to follow up with a lot of people. I'm going to need to, you know, propose big ideas, uh, and you just stick with it, uh, inevitably on the 50th day of doing that, someone will buy something from you if you're in the sales business. Uh, and then before you know it, you know, 500 days later, you're selling somebody every day. Yeah. You know, that, that it, but it takes 500 days you know, to, to get it going, right? So it's a long runway, right? A lot of persistence and no fear and uh, just hope for the best. And hopefully you're in something that you want to be in because, yeah. you know, to stay at one company 24 years is, is not what normal people are doing right now. They're just going from one to the other and hopefully getting a raise all the way up. Uh, and that's quite, wasn't quite the, the path I chose for better or for worse. I, we were talking about I could have made you know more money and other uh, things if I would, would have become the number one radio announcer in Chicago or whatever. I would have made a lot more money than I was as a salesperson. And and I'm not by far the number one salesperson either. I'm just kind of a middle of the pack guy that knows how to make some sales and take care of my clients and fulfill the uh, you know obligations and the contracts. And if there is a problem, you know fulfill the issue as best as possible. And I'm really good at that. So. No, and not only are you good at that, but you're also good at art, right? And <laughs> but you have an interesting story. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about how, because um, you you are a musician, so you're in a rock band, but also playing piano for a long time, right? And yeah. from one day to the next, yeah. you uh, decided to pick up a paintbrush. Yeah, it's funny. We went to my 
40th year high school reunion over the weekend. And what people remember about you then, I was in a rock band, long hair and all that is, is completely different than what you are now. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I will share that uh, about 12, almost 12 years ago now, uh, on October 4th, it was 10-4, which is a name. I don't right, right, remember. Right. You know, I've done a lot of entertaining, you know, selling the Cubs for 15 years, selling the White Sox for three years, selling the, the Blackhawks. I've won three Stanley Cups during my tenure as a salesperson, selling the Blackhawks. I've done a lot of entertaining in skyboxes. And, and along with that, you know, comes drinking and cocktails and entertaining clients. And uh, on 10-4-2011, I stayed out all night uh, and, and had a, a really terrible, life-changing moment where I stopped drinking at that moment. I uh, thought it would be a year, became two, became five, became 10. Here we are entering 12 years. So, um, you know, that, that changed my life a lot in terms of you know, some of the tendencies I had being a little bit narcissistic, saying that was on my whatever was on my mind, it might not have been uh, appropriate in some circumstances, not listening as, as much as I should have, uh, things of that, that nature. I really consciously made a change and choice in my life to turn things around. Uh, I also stopped playing the piano that day, which, um, you know, not, not a lot of even people in my family knew that I stopped completely playing the piano that day because we have a piano and I played it like day, every day for years. Uh, but I picked up a paintbrush on that day and I really kind of dove deep into painting and I've been painting the last 12, 11 years. I paint a couple, two or three paintings a year over the last uh, uh, decade. And, and I've had a couple of shows. I've been proud to you know have an opportunity to show some of my art haven't sold a painting yet oh, no uh, way. have not sold a painting yet created a website with all my paintings on it theartfair.com but have not really sold anything there yet i think someday uh after my wgn radio career is you know winding down which is not quite there yet uh, i may dive deeper into painting if i'm physically mentally and able to do it uh it's kind of the next chapter but for now uh sticking to the grindstone at WGN and, uh, <laughs> until uh, somebody buys a painting and, right, and it's right. enough to yeah. make me quit, <laughs> right. which I hope everybody has a, a, a second side hustle like that, that that they're hoping will happen because right. it, it's really uh, refreshing and healthy, I think. Well, and, and yeah, I was going to say, even above and beyond the monetary benefits from it is that you, you were mentioning just how much it's, it's changed you mentally. I mean, um, it's just helped you in so many ways, but also even, like you're saying, from narcissistic tendencies, but to become a better listener then, and then also professional. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. And, you know, when, when you have other people looking at your life and seeing the change, you know, what do you tell them in regards to, you know, those things that you, you quit one thing, well, actually a couple things, right, the drinking and the piano, but you picked up this other hobby, then that really changed your life. It's funny. I think we have a sign at home that says, from the outside, it looks like we're a nice, normal family. <laughs> right? <laughs> but then there's chaos, you know. Uh, but we, we do. I'm blessed to have a, a wonderful family, a wife of 33 years. So wow. three kids, and uh, they're all doing pretty well. So, uh, But I, I, we talked about this earlier. I've, I've made a choice. Like when I stopped playing piano and started picking up the paintbrush, I knew that I couldn't be good at both. You know, I was a pretty good piano player, but I was never, you know, great. Uh, 
and, and if I wanted to be a, a, a great painter, I knew it couldn't be a piano player too. Cause you say, I, and, and I've also used that same rationale in many other things. Like, am I going to go out to this networking social event? You know, this happy hour event, I've maybe chose not to because I need to be home with my wife and son who is going to high school, college the next day or whatever the choices are. I have really put some blinders up on my selection of who and when and where I'm going to go and, and be with um, just so that I could balance my own life. I, you can't be everywhere and, and, and do everything with everyone. It's impossible. What, as you get older and older, uh, you know, it's even harder, you know, with family obligations and so on. So I, I have made some really conscious decisions to uh, just stick to a few things and try and be great at them. The old adage is you can be uh, a great father, uh, great in business or great socially, uh, but you can only pick two, you know. So uh, do you want <laughs> which two are you going to pick? Well, I think I've used that same kind of uh, siloing in in my life with you know the ten or twelve things I'm interested in, and, and and I've just said no to the thirteenth and fourteenth thing. I just can't do it. Wow. And and what have you noticed most about the changes because of those uh, you know new habits that you formed? Well, you'd like to think that you're way better at each one of the ones that you've chose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a great painter and a great sales guy and uh, you know great dad. Uh, and that is a daily grind. You know, you just work on that every day and, and talk to uh, your, your, your network, your, your tribe, your group, uh, and, and try and, um, you know, fulfill all of the promises and statements and things that you're working with them on. And um, you just, you, you always have that one or two that, you know, you're struggling with. Uh, and, you know, you do yoga and breathe those out <laughs> and just keep working on them. Yeah. I do a lot of yoga. So I've started doing a lot of yoga, definitely. And I was going to ask too, just on that, the, the, what are those things that you do to, to stay in the industry 24 years, but also the, you know, the, the way that you've adapted to a lot of the changes, because you know, we've, we've been through so many changes when it comes to media and social media and the way we digest content, you know, how, right. how, how have you seen yourself evolve through that and also, you know, WGN Radio? Right. I, I will maybe start with the physical aspect of it. I was a not a marathon runner. I ran like a hundred ten k's. I ran a couple of half marathons. So I I, I was a runner up until I was about fifty, <laughs> and then, and then uh, I, I just my bones couldn't take it, and I decided mm -hmm. I was going to do the step or you know whatever. I, I've always been a champion at pull ups though. Uh, not chin ups, pull ups. Wow, I can do more pull ups than most people. Wow, and, and how many my, can you do? Uh, well, or, 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 thirty maybe. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah. That's my, a lot. my, yeah. I, 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 thirty at once would be a real struggle. I could do twenty at once for sure. That's still I lot. could do thirty in a day for sure, uh, overhand. Yeah, uh, but my twenty-seven-year-old could probably do thirty in a row right now because uh, he's uh, he does more pull-ups at East Bank than anybody. Is what he tells me. So, <laughs> and that's that's a statement. Yeah. Uh, but you know then. Yeah, I've, I've kind of lost track of the question. But no, so how did you say in the industry 24 years, you know, and also right. keeping up with all the Thank changes? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the programmatic digital advertising world has changed the game. You know, uh, traditional media, radio, television, print, magazines, we've been talking about it today. Uh, you know, they're still there. Uh, and, and we've talked about that even at Tony Witt's house not too long ago about, mm -hmm. um, you know, the young people aren't even looking at Channel 2 News anymore or right, WGN right. Radio anymore. You know, they're looking at Instagram and things of that nature. And um, But those medias are still there, and they have evolved, right? So they have their own Facebook, and they have their own Instagram, and they have their own TikTok. 
and and we have our own what am i thinking reddit or whatever yeah uh, youtube all yeah, that. yeah we yeah. have we're posting even i was telling yeah. our website we had a youtube video on wgenradio.com that got five million views on youtube so we are evolving we're learning we're staying up to date we're going to training sessions we're learning the programmatic vocabulary and we are um we're extending the reach of our content that we're creating across all of the platforms almost every single day for every single client now. It's just amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. that's and, – and what have you noticed mostly in the way that people just like uh, interact with content or is it – you know, because I, I feel like that it's – I mean, we all see it, the problems with social media and it's going in one direction, right? Right. Whereas it's, it's something that I think with radio was something very different before, the culture of it, the culture around it. How right. have you seen the culture, you know, just evolve for those who had no idea what it was like before? Right, we're reaching so many people not on 7:20 a.m. You know, mm. we are reaching a million people a month. Let's just say, uh, either streaming or uh, you know finding us on our Facebook or at an event or uh, in some other way, and that is what is what has changed for like a traditional giant AM station, which is what we are. Um, so uh, it's, it's, we're going with that. We're, we're just, you know, as Deepak Chopra says in his butterfly effect, just the river is flowing and just let yourself go, you know. Yeah. So we are going down that. But as we are just letting this new way of reaching people take shape, we are doing everything we can. We have a team of people that's trying to extend the reach of whatever is working and 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 try and multiply and, and uh, you know, uh, just extend the reach of of the good things, you know. Right. So. Well, it's just crazy because growing up, I mean, WGN was it's a superstation, right? It's it's all over the country, and it's it helps. Just strong name, you know? it helps. Yeah, yeah. The credibility of the call letters is just second to none. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah, Absolutely. it's it's like saying NBC or ABC or CBS. It really WGN. is. And it's just big. and it's something that it was like Chicago's own. Right? I mean, like literally, it's in the tag. Like, but yeah, uh, but yeah, we is. still use it. Yeah, we still use <laughs> it every Definitely. day. Yeah. And so for you, what, what's next? You know, what are those things that uh, you have looking forward to? I mean, obviously, trying to sell a, a painting, right? So if you're out there listening, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> what is the website again? Theartfair.com. The com. yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that on today, uh, which is what, 1010, right? Uh, Connor Bedard is the newest Chicago Blackhawk. He was the number one choice in the draft in 2023 for the NHL and the Blackhawks won the draft and won the lottery and got him. So uh, there is now an opportunity, I think, in my life to have one big more spurt of WGN radio success, nice. <laughs> if, if, if you can believe that, uh, maybe a fourth ring in three or four years. Uh, so, you know, that that would be it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The number one draft choice, uh, as the general manager, Kyle Davidson, has said, is, is not just a team changer. It can change a town. It, it can change insane. a city. So uh, if that happens and they build around him and he has the success and stays healthy that he, he could have, there may be a, a, a big push here uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks and WGN Radio will benefit from that, and we're hoping that that's the case. Wow. Well, amazing. And and if people want to follow you, support you, how, how can they uh, get in touch with you or social media, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I'm on I'm on every platform. I don't have a lot of followers. I'm <laughs> Bitcoin One at X, and uh, I'm on Facebook, of course, Bob Coin. Uh, I've got several Facebook pages, not to mention my gardening site, uh, Instagram, of course. So look for me on all those platforms, Bob Coin, and uh, maybe you'll see my content. Oh, on LinkedIn, I have uh, Good News Chicago. 
Okay. I, I am. Uh, it's Bob Coyne, but I'm posting only good stories on LinkedIn. Only optimism. What's happening? This great in Chicago. I love to post good new Chicago posts. So look for those. I love that. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming in, and just thank you for, you know, all the wisdom that you shared. <laughs> thank you, Tony.